Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Welcome back. This next podcast that you're about to listen to is from a chapel talk that I did uh, to a group of senior school students uh, at the school that I work in, and it's based on Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. Uh, You'll be aided by having your Bible out so you can read along uh, as I talk about uh, the verses from this chapter. Uh, And this chapter is all about what Paul prays for the church in Colossae, uh, for he wants them to know the will of God to save all people through Jesus so that they might grow in it and then joyfully give thanks to God for the wonderful inheritance that they now have. Uh, When I was a kid, uh, my mum and dad uh, had a house uh, which backed on to a massive area of bushland. And so my good friend and I, uh, his name was Simon, my good friend Simon and I, we would always spend heaps of times down there in this bush area uh, behind my house. We were getting all kinds of mischief down there, throwing rocks at stuff, pushing down dead trees. We used to have little pocket knives and so we'd carve bow and arrows, like basically just sharpen sticks and just, you know, have a go at making things, all kinds of mischief. We even one time were running uh, down the bush down there and we found a set of steel ladders that were attached into the side of this cliff. And so we climbed up and down those cliffs and ended up in all kinds of places that we probably shouldn't have been as children. We had a great time. But there was one time that he and I were running through the bush and having a great time down there and we came across like this a massive big rock, massive big boulder, huge thing that we could run along the top of and it actually fell away on one side to a massive drop. It was like a cliff on one edge of this massive boulder. That's how big this rock was. Anyway, as we were running along the top of this rock, it became very, very loose underfoot. So that means it was very dusty. There was lots of leaf litter on top of the rock and so it was very, very slippery. And so my friend Simon, who was running ahead in front of me, he lost his footing and he slipped and he started to slide towards the end of this cliff. If you pause it there, right, just pause that image there in your brain. There's Simon sliding towards the end. There's little Rev Schroeder watching him go, go, what's he going to do? Now, if you survey the scene in that moment, around him there were all kinds of things that he could have grabbed onto. There were big trees, there were bigger boulders, there were other vines and other branches as well that he could have reached out that looked really strong and impressive. That looked like he should have reached out and grabbed for that. But also growing out of this crack in the rock was this hopeless little twig. Bigger than the picture that I'm showing on the screen now, it was like a small sapling that was growing out of this dodgy little crack that was in the rock that he just slipped on. Really, 
if I was to give him some advice, it would be don't grab onto that twig because that twig is not very strong looking. It doesn't look like it's the sort of thing that you should anchor your life in. In fact, I underestimated that twig. And that was a problem because what my friend Simon did in the moment, if I press play back on that image of Simon sliding on the rock, he reached out and he grabbed that twig. And the surprising thing was that the twig held. And it stopped him from falling off and falling down to his doom, right? And massive injury, whatever would have happened if he went over the edge. And so it stopped him and it held him secure. It didn't fall out of the rock. It didn't break. Nothing bad happened. And so I could go over to him and say, quick, mate, quick, let's go. And I reached down and I grabbed his hand and I pulled him up. And then the two of us looked over the edge and looked at each other and went, whoa, that was close. Yep, let's keep going. And then so we kept on going through the bush. Crazy, right? The stupid things that kids do. The thing is, it would have been silly for us to to underestimate that twig, really, wouldn't it? Imagine if we looked at that twig and we went, don't grab that twig because it's probably going to fall through. It doesn't look very impressive. So don't grab onto it. Don't let it try to help you. That would have been a dumb thing to do, don't you think? See, too often, I think what we do is we think too little of the gospel, The gospel, that word, that means the good news about Jesus Christ. The gospel is the good news about Jesus who died on the cross, who rose again from the dead and who saved us from our sin, right? That's the good news of the gospel. That's the gospel. But too often we think too little of the gospel. And so Paul, he thinks that same thing for the Colossians. And he writes to the Colossians in this next part of chapter 1 to explain to them that he is praying for them, but also that he is praying that they would not undervalue or that they would not underestimate what God has done for them. You see, Paul wants them to know the facts and to live for what is best. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today. Are you ready? Let's have a look at it now. Here's the part of the Bible from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. I'm going to read this part of the Bible and then I'm going to show you some things that we should notice from it. Are you ready? All right, tune in, guys. It says this. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." That's straight out of the Bible from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. And here's some things that we could notice. First of all, what's Paul doing for the people in Colossians? Say it out loud. He is praying for them. But look at the way that he prays. It says here that since the day he heard about them, he has not what? He has not stopped. He has not stopped praying for them. And then you see that second word. He says that they have been praying continually continually asking God, continually praying. Now, that doesn't mean that he's just walking around 24-7 muttering under his breath, dear God, I pray for the Colossians. It just means that they're always on his mind, right? He's always praying for them. He's active in his prayer life. 
I wonder what you're active in praying about. I think we're pretty active in asking God for stuff, asking God to help us to succeed, to maybe to win at something, to do better or to be healthy, or we pray for our sick friends or family. Well, Paul, he prays for these guys that they would know something. And look at what he prays. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. The knowledge of his will. Now, sometimes when we hear that, that God would reveal his will to us, we think that that might mean that God would teach us what he wants us to do on this day today. On Friday, the 1st of March, 2019, what is God's will for me today? That's sometimes what we mean, isn't it? And sometimes we want to know that. What does God want me to do this day? Or what does God even want me to do when I graduate from year 12 and I become a real human being? I mean, an adult, right? What does God want me to do when I become an adult? What's God's will for me there? And sometimes we do mean that. But here in this passage, to know that, have the knowledge of God's will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, that's talking about understanding God's will to save us. God's will to save the Colossians. See, Paul wants them to really understand God's gracious and good purpose to save them in who? In Jesus. But why? Why would Paul pray that they would really know that God has saved them through Jesus? What would be the point of knowing this? Well, he tells us in verse 10. He says, I pray this so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. See, knowing God's work should make a difference. Well done. Knowing God's work should make a difference. It should change the way that we live, how we approach God, knowing that God has saved us. You see, we should become a Christian because of God's work in us. And the Colossians, they should be Christians because God has worked in them. Do you know some people become Christians just because it's the cool thing to do sometimes? Which seems pretty strange to say, don't you reckon? Sometimes people become Christians because their friend is a Christian. And so to fit in with their friend, they go, you know what, I'm going to become a Christian just so I'm like my buddy next door to me. Sometimes people become Christians or say that they're a Christian because their family members are Christians. Sometimes people become Christians because the institution that they belong to, maybe the church or maybe even the school that they attend, tells them that they should become a Christian. Now, don't get me wrong. We should become a Christian, right? We should become a Christian and it's good to be in community with other people. But that's not the reason that we become a Christian. We become a Christian because God has worked in us, because we know God's will to save us. And so because God has saved us, we should live in response to him, shouldn't we? And that's what he says here. He's praying that the Colossians would know that God has saved them so that they would live a life worthy of the Lord and that they would please God in every way. And then as they do that, they're going to bear fruit in the blue text. Can you see that on the screen? They're going to bear fruit. They're going to grow and they're going to be strengthened with all power. We heard about bearing fruit last week, didn't we? But here there's a little bit of a clarifier. It says that they will bear fruit in every good work. You see, doing good work is part and parcel of being a Christian. 
That's the fruit. That's the evidence that you belong to Jesus, that you were a Christian, that you would bear good fruit. The evidence that you belong to Jesus as well is that you would grow in the knowledge of God, that you wouldn't just know that God has saved you. That's only half of it. The other thing is that you would, so you would know it, but you would also grow up in it. You would become mature in the knowledge about Jesus. And then that you would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Why? So that you would have great endurance and patience. That's not so that you might be able to endure your pesky, your pesky brother or sister or have patience when your mum asks you to do the washing up. It's not talking about that. It's talking that you would have endurance and patience until the very end, that you would last the Christian race, that you would always be a Christian so that you would get to get to heaven, get in heaven. But that's not all, right? Because being strengthened and having endurance and patience in the Christian life is important because as we continue, it will mean that we'll end up giving what? Joyful thanks, he says in verse 12. Thanks to God the Father who has actually qualified you, the Colossians, to share in the inheritance of his holy people. Hand up if you competed in the swimming carnival the other week. Cool. Leave your hand up if you qualified for the next event. So was it NASA? No. NASA, NASA. Hand up if you went to NASA the other, other night. Well done, you guys. Congratulations for qualifying. Now, Tex, you, you qualified, right? You qualified in because of your ability and your swimming power. Yeah, is that right? Cool, congratulations. But imagine, right, for a moment, hand up if you didn't qualify. Hand up if you didn't qualify. Imagine if this guy here, he didn't qualify, but Mr. Boyd says, you know what? I'm going to sign you up anyway. You get to come and you get to go to the next level. And actually, not only to the next level, but I'm going to send you to state. And I'm going to send you to nationals. And I'm just going to qualify for you, even though you didn't qualify by yourself. That's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? Well, here in the Bible, it says that God has qualified these Colossians for something. What has he qualified them for? To share in the inheritance. You see, by themselves, they were never going to get the inheritance of God's people. They were never going to walk into God's kingdom. But the wonderful message of the gospel, the good news about Jesus, is that through God and his work, we can, all people can have access have the inheritance. And it says there, why? For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. And through Jesus we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Champions of Broughton, this is good news, right? We've been saved. The Colossians have been saved. And so because they've been saved, thankfulness must follow because of what God has done. And Paul prays that the Colossians would know what God has done and that they would respond to him with not just a day of thankfulness, but with a whole life of thankfulness. But what has this got to do with you? What has this got to do with us today, here in this time and place? Well, in the same way that the Colossians should know what God has done and respond with a life of thankfulness, we ought to know what God has done and respond with a life of thankfulness. Don't you think? Because it's good news that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus for us, don't you think? So how does that change you? How does that help you to live this day now that you understand God's will to save you in Jesus? So don't think too little of the gospel. 
Don't underestimate the wonderful message of Jesus Christ, the Saviour. But know God's will to save you and know that he's done it in Jesus. But also know it, but also grow in it. Know that it will save you and also grow in this knowledge of God's will to save you. You see, in a world of mess and hopelessness, in a world where confidence falls through, in a world today where we're told to grab onto the strong things, sometimes the message of the gospel can look weak and twiggy and little, right? But this message, this good news about Jesus is actually the thing which you should be strengthened in today. It's a thing that you ought to attach your life in today. It's a thing that you should anchor onto. It's a thing that you should depend on. Because this message of Jesus is not just a message of today. The Bible says it's a message for all of eternity. And the last thing, joyfully give thanks to God today. Know that God has saved you. If you're like, yeah, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, and it's excellent, well, give thanks to God for that. Tell Him you're thankful. Continually pray and say, God, thanks for saving me and be happy with the fact that you belong to God and that you now share into the glorious inheritance as his people. So, Broughton, I told you a little story about that little branch that didn't look worth grabbing onto for my friend, but in the end it really proved worthwhile, didn't it? Because it saved him. The gospel is sometimes a little bit like that. It looks small and twiggy, but it's worth grabbing onto because it is that message of the gospel that really saves. So don't think too little of it, but instead grab onto it and depend on it. That was Paul's prayer for the Colossians, and it's my prayer for you today as well. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that in your great love and mercy you have saved us through Jesus. Please help us to remember this wonderful message of the gospel, to remember that you have saved us in Jesus, and so now we have access to eternity. Lord, please help us to grab onto that with two hands, to depend on it, to bear fruit because of it, to be strengthened by it and continue in this world of mess and chaos, firmly holding on to Jesus and depending on him. And Lord, I pray today that we would give joyful thanks to you the one who has qualified us to be your holy people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's word about how he has loved us and how he has saved us and who he calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at mrk underscore Schroeder.